Welcome to What Now? I'm Michelle Reeves, your host of this weekly podcast that connects you to the world's most innovative brands, CEOs, and founders. I've spent the past 20 years working with global brands in sports, fashion, entertainment, and tech. From the Olympic Games to the Super Bowl, I've been at many of the world's largest and most iconic events, and I've pulled back that curtain to learn and see as much as I could from the best of the best. Today, I'm excited to connect you to one such incredible human. Have you ever listened to music? I'm guessing so, because if you have, you've most likely heard this guest's work. I'm lucky to call this person a friend and have seen his work grow and explode over the past 20 years. Welcome Manny Marikin, one of America's most sought after mixing engineers and someone whose work has been heard by hundreds of millions, if not, I think a billion people by now. Welcome to the show, Manny. It's so great to have you. Oh man, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, what an introduction. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I'm happy to share any uh, information that uh, people, any questions that people may have on what the hell does a mixing engineer do? Well, <laughs> Where did this guy come from? <laughs> well, right away. I mean, I, I look at your incredible work backdrop there. That sound studio looks pretty impressive. I have a plant. You also have a plant, but some other things there. Yeah. Can you describe what is behind you? So this is a, you know, the word studio nowadays could be a computer and a set of headphones, right? In some corner of your basement, your bedroom, your garage. And then this is the good old, like the studios I grew up with, which is a console. And you can see all the knobs and faders and all that. And basically this is how we manipulate music. So uh, there are some plants. I like seeing plants around here. And uh, uh, this is the iconic Larrabee Studios. It's been around for 50 years. Name it. They probably have been through Larrabee at some point in their careers. It's uh, We are the biggest studio west of the Mississippi. We have seven rooms, including a production room, mastering room, a few recording rooms, mixing rooms, and all of that. And uh, so it's a one-stop shop. You come in, you write a song, and you leave with a master version of that song. Um, So this is Studio 3. This is also an Atmos room, which is a... uh, uh, We're going through a sonic revolution right now where we've been listening to stereo, which means two, for about 90 years. And for the first time ever, we live in this immersive world where you have uh, music not only coming in front of you, but also above and behind you. So consumers are able to uh, listen to an immersive version of that song. Uh, You were never able to do that before. You had to sit what we call the sweet spot, right? Where you have the speakers around you, but you couldn't move because then, you you know, you're out of the sweet spot. Now, for the first time, there's a technology, binaural technology. We can actually listen to it in headphones. So it's uh, it's early stages, but it's an exciting world for us audio geeks and nerds because it's... uh, we haven't had any forward movement on technology and audio as opposed to video. I mean, we come from a, the rabbit ear antennas and now we have 8K. Audio actually has gone the complete opposite. We have vinyl that sounds amazing and it's got an emotion and it's soulful to an MP3 that's super compressed and doesn't have as much dynamics as uh, we would have in analog. So it's an exciting time for all of us. Again, it's a sonic revolution that Some of you guys may have heard of it or some may not. But if you go on Apple, go to settings, 
there's a setting called uh, spatial. So if you turn that on, anything that has an immersive, they call it spatial, mix on it, you'll be able to listen to it and compare and see if you like it. It's not meant to uh, replace stereo. It's just another just another color, another way you can listen to music. So it's as close, spatial on my iPhone will be as close as I can get to pretend like I'm there at Larrabee Studios. Yeah, 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 you should check it out. You should check it out. There's a lot of bad content out there right now. This is, again, in the very early, early stages. But you can see, you can almost hear what can happen in the next, I don't know, X amount of years. So it's an, uh, it's an exciting technological advancement that now consumers can enjoy. So you mentioned the kinds of history of the studio that you have behind you. Let's do a little rapid fire, if you will. So in the studio and across this incredible career Mm -hmm. that you have, which I should mention, when you look on Wikipedia and it says things like, Manny Marroquin is a well-known mixing engineer who has won many Grammys. How many Grammys exactly are we talking about, Manny? So uh, I'm not counting, but... (laughs) He's got my 17th Grammy. Can you believe that? That's, uh, the, the, even saying it is not, it's unbelievable. I, I thought maybe one would, you know, if I ever got a Grammy, my career would be the most amazing thing, let alone 17. So it's been good. I mean, you know, in every single one of them, it's been, gosh, it's a, it's a baby. You know, we, we pour our hearts out to our, the art form. And to be, you know, recognized, you know, it kind of feels good. Obviously, we don't do it for that reason. I feel like Grammys are for your grandkids. Your kids don't even appreciate it. They're like, oh, it's just dad. But then hopefully someday your grandkids will be like, oh, he was a bad dude. All right. Okay. So uh, I just want to keep collecting them for the grandkids. So, okay. Rapid fire time. Let's get to like the the bottom of who exactly you've worked with. Very simply, just answer true or false. Manny Marroquin, mm-hmm. have you worked with Sia? Yes, true. Bruno Mars? True. DJ Khaled? True. Demi Lovato? True. Usher? True. Beyonce? True. Eminem? True. Post Malone? True. I feel like I know the answer to the next one. Skrillex? <laughs> true. That's my boy. John Legend? True. All right, surely I can get you on this one. Lizzo? True. Uh, okay, so Definitely. what you're telling me is there's basically not an artist alive that you haven't had a, a hand in creating this magic and bringing it to life for all of us around the world to enjoy. Listen, I've been blessed. Oh, my gosh, I've been beyond blessed to have worked with some great producers, obviously artists, uh, labels, managers. You know, I think that when you work with an artist, I feel like they give you their baby. And you got to be an incredible babysitter and you got to care for their baby. So it's not only on the sonic level, but on a psychological level. I mean, there's so many different layers to it. Some songs need more uh, therapy than others. Uh, uh, Other songs uh, need more sonic love. Other songs that I get, they're done by the time I get it. My job is not to screw it up. So the art form is really... Uh, navigating to what you think the masses will like in a very personal way. So I always say when I mix records, I'm mixing them for obviously my artists, but also for myself. Because if it satisfies me, I've come to realize that, look, if I can move myself, hopefully that will move the masses. So all the artists you're talking about, they're all, they all have something in common. They're all pop artists that move the masses. So your question like, oh, you work with everyone, you know, th- 
I wish I worked with everyone, but the selected group of artists over the years have been just a culmination of just pouring your heart over years and working, you know, from an emotional uh, point of view to a technical point. I mean, so there's so many variables that, that go into it. And I'm proud that, you know, I get to work with some of the best and most creative individuals on earth, really. So I'm just along for the ride, you know. I'm waiting for someone to kind of get me out of the room. <laughs> I feel like you're in that category. You are one of the most creative individuals on this planet. Um, what's part of your job that might surprise people? So as you mentioned before, the, the product, the artist can come to you at different stages and there's different kinds of work that you do. But what's something that might surprise people to know? You know, it's, it's, uh, they think that it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, and it's, uh, it's an amazing, amazing job, but it's a very like, you know, I come in and do my job and I work at it and I, it's kind of like going to work out and you, you're constantly exercising your emotions, your brain and all that. So it's, uh, it's not like we're sitting here with, Post Malone drinking beer and watching the game. You know, we're we're here trying to create something special. So it's surprising because whenever we have uh, young interns or GAs, we call them general assistants, some of them are surprised that we're very businesslike. You know, it's still a fun career, but we're very to the point. We're very strategic. It's kind of like a corporation. I run it like it's a corporation with titles and all that. So it may be surprising to some people how, quote, corporate it is without feeling like a corporation uh that art and commerce the left brain right brain uh you, we got to utilize it all so it's not just all fun and games you know uh the final result we're lucky enough to have great results but at the end of the day we have you know we come in and very strategic work on music on an emotional level and that's hard to do because you got to flip that switch um and not a lot of people can do that i feel like that's part of the uh the art form as well you know so that was my next question actually what is it that makes you so good at what you do like what makes that expertise that you have so special talent art science training how would what is that you know i think the most important thing is you got to be a fan of music you gotta you gotta be a, a music fanatic you can't just kind of like music you gotta be a music fanatic that's number one and i try to teach not teach but i try to remind myself constantly that i gotta keep being a music fan and that's how you'll embrace new artists and new technologies as well to help you achieve with whatever you're trying to do with that artist uh, i feel like i work on different genres subgenres. um i feel like if i didn't like hip-hop i couldn't work on you know one third of the artists i work with if i don't listen to pop or rock or alternative I wouldn't know what to do with them. So first of all, you got to be a music fan. And the other thing is you got to follow your gut. Your gut has to trust you, you know, the, not the other way around. We, most most people say you got to follow your gut, right? Well, your gut can be wrong a lot of the times. So I think that you got to have enough trust in your gut that the gut listens to you, right? And what I mean by that is there's certain things, certain emotions uh, that you want to create in the song that will last a lifetime and the knobs and the, the equipment you see these are all tools to help us achieve that um, because all we're doing is we're trying to create an emotion right whatever that emotion is if you want to cry dance 
hug some it doesn't matter it's an it's a strong emotional and that's why we all i think the majority of human beings like music because it touches something that wasn't there before um and that's what we're exaggerating so for me the one thing is just following your emotions um and making choices that will satisfy you again emotionally i work on the song i want to cry you know and i know that if that got to me then it'll get to the masses it's not it's easier said than done but uh you know the fact that you can change a feeling and emotion based on something technical too that just blows my mind it reminds us that this world is all about wavelengths and frequencies right and that still blows my mind to this day after doing it 25 plus years you know it's funny you say that because what what came up for me when you were describing that was a conversation I had with some professional photographers years ago and they were talking about that same idea where anyone can pick up a camera point and click but when you're shooting what makes it actually come alive is you have to see the beauty in your subject and then when you see that it's that subconscious talent that kicks in to really bring it to life and then what makes photographers different is that everyone's definition of what is beautiful is different. So even at the same subject matter, scene, lighting, you name it, two talented photographers walk away with two very different shots. And what I've seen yeah. personally from your work, you know, I've been in your studio and when you talk about moving someone to emotion, I remember hearing Sia's song Chandelier and just late at night in the dark with the most crystal clear clarity, hearing her voice, hearing the sound that you have like created this wave to wrap it in. It, it, it That's an emotion that I still remember to this day. How many yeah. years ago was that? I felt like it was a billion years yeah, ago. And it's true. Like that was your lens or ear, I guess, if you will, of finding the beauty to like really amplify what was there. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, so funny you still remember that because those are, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to have seen that many times where you almost see the soul leave your body when you're listening to something like that, right? Uh, especially in a studio like this, because we're in a generation of, you know, your speaker is that big that, you know, your AirPods are like, you know, that's a speaker that's, what, two centimeters, three centimeters, as opposed to 12-inch, you know, subwoofers. And that's the, the, the way we intended our music to be heard, right? So to come into a room like this and hear a song that really, I mean, that song will live for a very, very long time. It's as exciting today as it was maybe whatever, seven, 10 years ago when we heard it. And that's what music is about. You know, we were lucky enough to be in the room where it was created. And that's always really, really special because, again, you'll never forget that moment. And that's, uh, and that's the beauty of what, what we do. You know? So with all of the wonderful things that come out of this, I know not every day at the quote unquote office for you is a breeze. Uh, what happens when you get stuck? You know, where have you failed over these incredible years building music? Yeah, you know, so it's funny because um, Common, the rapper, once said to me, he's probably one of the best human beings on earth. He's such a nice guy and uh, he's always happy. And one day I asked him, I'm like, man, how do you stay so positive and happy in, in a world of hip hop and the state of the world in general? And he goes, man, listen, uh, I take my time. And whenever I meet someone that I don't think I'm going to like or I don't like immediately, I look 
at something. It could be their shoes. It could be something they said, something. And I put 100% of my focus on that one thing that I like. And the 99% that I don't like all of a sudden become less important, right? So I thought about that. I'm like, man, how can that's beautiful, beautiful words. How can I apply that to what I do? So when I'm mixing a song that I don't necessarily like, they don't hire me to to give them an opinion on what I think of the song, right? That's not my job. My job is to hopefully make it better. So there's songs that I'm not necessarily crazy about, and I will listen to the rough mix, which is the representation of where they left it at, right? And I'll listen, and if I don't like the song, I'll pick something in the song. It could be something as simple as a hi-hat that doesn't really make or break the song, but I'll focus on that hi-hat. And I'll solo it and I'll listen to it. It used to be sometimes a long time, maybe hours. Now I'm working smarter, not harder. And uh, I'll listen to it now a few times. And I just put all my focus on that. And then I start building the song around this hi-hat. Pretty soon, the song that I did not like earlier, I'm starting to like because I'm now putting a little bit of my taste into it. And I'm making maybe tiny, tiny adjustments along the way that, that all of a sudden satisfied me. So I could have gone, it's a state of mind. I could have said, man, I hate this song. There's no way I'm going to be able to work on it to, wow, I'm really liking this song because I started and I focused on one positive thing and it just kind of grew into more positive things. And now all of a sudden I like this song. And that's, uh, that is my goal with every song I ever work on. Not a thousand percent of the time will I enjoy something that I'm working on, but a thousand percent of the time, by by the time it's done, I put a little piece of my heart into it, and I'll and I'll I'll take that. That to me is success. So really cool that you're talking about your taste level and your heart going into this, because we are of course moving into an era that is AI dominated. I mean, mm-hmm. our feeds are filled with all kinds of news that AI is encroaching in every industry. Entertainment and music are definitely at the forefront. We've got these songs being replicated and created through AI with, you know, Rihanna, Drake, you know, without their permission. Curious to get your thoughts, A, on those kinds of events that are happening when, you know, independent creators are using the likeness of existing artists, but then also to dive in and talk about like where AI can be useful versus you know, where it just won't replace us. I'm, I'm someone who believes in the power to use it as an extra tool, but I don't think that AI can replace exactly what you're talking about here with the, the heart, the soul of what makes you a multi-award winning, globally sought after talent that can't be cloned and, and bottled up somehow. That was a big question. Where do you want to start? No, no, no. I'll, I'll start with, listen, AI, the word of 2023, right? I think that there's a lot of positives and there's some negatives. The positives are, I'm going to compare it to being a DJ, right? Back in the day, being a D- DJ and monetizing that art form, I mean, you're basically playing other people's records, right? If you think about it. But yet they're, play- they're paying you to play other people's records because they're paying for your taste in music, right? So I think that you fast forward to what's happening with these generated vocals that no one got permission to use them, right? It's an early stage, almost like a DJ. So... All that stuff exists already and will be available. I think the positives in this is that there's going to be some kid that's 17-year-old in mom's basement today that will come up with something really, really creative. You use it as a creative tool. 
that we're going to be like, wow, I would have never thought of that. So for that reason, a lot of positives. I think it's going to take a, a bit to work out the business side of things, just like any new technology. It's going to take a while. There's going to be a lot of casualties along the way. But when the dust settles, you know, you're going to go into, okay, well, that's AI generated by, and it's Biggie or whoever the artist is. Eventually, there's going to be monetization that's going to go towards the IP holder, so to speak, or in this case, your, your brand, right? I think that's going to happen. But along the way, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of confusion. But I like to think that it's, we're all constantly moving forward. And I like the, uh, the possibilities of when you use it in the right way as a tool, as a creative tool, it's a really exciting time. You know, the business side will kind of work itself out over time. I, I was I was actually really interested to watch and follow more when Grimes announced um, her strategy, which was great. Go use my likeness, my voice, and my inspiration, and it will be a royalty share. You know, that's kind of one way to own a space that you can't or control a space that you can't control. Uh, you know, what were some of your thoughts when you saw a strategy like that um, announced? I mean, that's a very innovative thinking, saying if you can't beat them, you join them. And hopefully we learn from like Napster, you know, like the record industry took, gosh, 13 years to finally get out of this depression, really. I think if you can't beat them, you join them. And I think Grimes has a good attitude and saying, hey, this is going to help me too, because I'm going to, you know, use me. I mean, it's going to help with my marketing as a brand and it's going to help you create some really cool things and then maybe share the profits on something like that because you're being creative. So. Again, it's the same way as all the positives that I talked about. There's going to be a lot of really cool, creative things that we can't even imagine today. Music has been not the same, but it's the same chord changes, the same structure, the same this for a long time. So I think the evolution of creating is just, you know, it just keeps evolving. Uh, I remember when drum machines came out, right? And uh, people were doing drum machines and, say and saying that they were going to replace drummers. I mean... It's not going to happen. I mean, it hasn't. You know, drum machines have been around for 30 years maybe now, maybe even more, longer. They haven't replaced drummers. It's just another tool. So I think that AI-generated vocals or whatever it is at this point, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more discovery in the near future. I like to embrace that. You know, I like to see that the, the positives and, again, Hopefully the attorneys will do their jobs to, <laughs> to you know, to keep it all nice and tight and uh but that there's it's gonna take some time but the art form for me is exciting i mean you're right definitely lawyers are always the winners no matter what happens in the space um but i think you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. always but i think you really um bring to light a good reminder that it's not this either or like you know when when digital music came we didn't stop going to concerts we enjoyed concerts mm -hmm. And we brought the music home with us through our own personal devices. And we started sharing it with other people to spread the fandom. And we kept enjoying it when we were on the go, traveling and at the gym. And it wasn't this complete change in behavior. It's an addition to. Um, I, I think you're actually a great example of this too. You know, you're recording in one dimension. You're, I'm sure, embracing and learning about AI as we all are, as it's happening in real time. But you've also created another and moment through your company, Restaurant Verse. Uh, can you share more about this IRL experience that you've you spent many years perfecting? Tell us more. 
So, yeah, so I have a restaurant right next to the studio or two doors down from here uh, called Verse. And the simple best way to describe it, I wanted to build the studio big enough and put a restaurant in it, uh, which is kind of a weird concept when you think about it. And it's not been done uh, before. No one's done a restaurant no, recording studio. Not that, not that I know of. Uh, but basically, it's just a, it's a controlled environment. So sonically, you can... Um, when you walk into the studio, it sounds like it's professionally treated, right? Uh, same with the restaurant. You, uh, we have so- sound panels along the walls. We have 48 speakers all over the restaurant. There's no dead spots. The sound pressure, SPL level, meaning the volume, is the same in every part of the restaurant. The frequency response is the same everywhere. So that makes it for no, you know, a, a good experience where you, whether you're listening to background music or you're listening to a live uh, band. We are technically a live venue, so we have live music every night. I have a studio there, so I'm recording every live performance at the highest level. But as a diner, it's an experience where you can actually hear each other, talk to each other, listen to the music live or background, and still not be able to hear the conversations around you. Because it's it's not a noise cancellation system but it's it's a good way to describe it where there's microphones that are picking up energy so the tables around you imagine that there's a a spotlight on every table and every spotlight outside of that spotlight every everything becomes blurry because of the microphones that are picking up energy it becomes the charlie brown effect so you can hear the energy you can hear the person right next to you but you can't pick out the conversation because it's competing with the conversation that's happening next to you by the bar in that corner and uh, it makes it for a really intimate experience with whoever you're dining with because it takes away all the uh, unwanted conversations that are happening around you and the same thing with them they can't hear you so you can be completely yourself and and not have to worry about anything else so i feel like it's a great place to have meetings or a date because you're going to be focused on each other and not everything that's happening around you, even though there's a lot happening. Around. Uh, so that's the best way to describe verse where um, nothing quite like this in the world. you know. No, it's amazing. And having gone there a couple of times, I fully can attest to exactly that experience where it feels like you're a part of this, this like symphony and the energy around you, the sounds are, are there, they're feeding you, but they're not competing with, you know, as you said, the conversation I'm having with my friends at the table. And then of course, there's this incredible menu, the food, this multi-sensory experience comes to life through, you know, it's like a theater, I feel like at my table, the food, the wine, the smell, the sounds, and then the main spotlight for my guests and I, only to be outdone though, when you have surprise live performances. Now I haven't been here for one of these surprises, but I think some friends and my husband have. Can you can you tell us about these surprise live performances that are not just these incredible emerging artists or local artists, but <laughs> some pretty big names who might just decide to pop in and sing for a moment? Yeah, you know, it's it's very, very the synergy is so natural. I mean, we have artists like Charlie Puth or Bruno Mars or Nika Costa or Sabrina Claudio, these pretty major artists. First of all, they love the concept, right? I think everybody loves the idea of being in the restaurant and not being so loud that you can't have a conversation, right? So once you do that, 
I feel like we're miles ahead of everyone else already, right? So all these artists that I'm working with, we'll just go have a drink, we'll have dinner, and and honestly, it comes from them. They're the ones that keep coming back, and all of a sudden, you have a couple of drinks, and it's your birthday or whatever, and you get up and do a few songs. That happens organically. It, you know, it, it, we we don't plan that. But there's also another there's another tier where we have these artists perform, and we uh, we uh, you know people are like, how, how do we find out about that and we're like just join our mailing list and we'll send these you know newsletters and if you see something you may want to see you gotta go right away because we sell out it's a small venue i think 130 cap sign up right away because we sell out in minutes sometimes and uh and what we do with the residencies uh and we we have them all the time you know they're there because it's a very intimate environment the sound is incredible it sounds like you're listening to a record while they're performing in front of you. I, again, haven't heard anything quite like that. So the experience both for the artist and the guest, it's one of a kind. So if any of your guests are ever in LA, you guys should come check it out. I always make it a number one stop. And I've actually, I, I don't know if you know this, I have it for dinner, but I also have it for breakfast. I've now learned to order an extra lobster risotto to go and I have it for breakfast. <laughs> Not my healthiest like choice, style. but I start the yeah. day happy. I start the day in like a great mood. <laughs> All right. So this is a, a fun twist to the show on every episode that I do. I love connecting people. I am so fortunate to have friends in every corner of the world building epic things like yourself. Um, I just try to keep up with everyone. Um, and what I want to do is keep connecting as many people as I can so that everyone you know, feels this sense of engagement and can keep learning from one another. Um, I've had uh, a couple of guests from all over the world in my previous episodes, and I'm so excited uh, that this guest is actually going to join me right here. Manny, are you up for the the fun of having a question from my dear friend, Anna, who works with me? Uh, When I told her we have you on the show, I was like, you have to be the the community guest here. I know that you love music. (laughs) Are you you up for the, the fun here, Manny? Absolutely. Hi, Anna. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. So excited about this. I was looking over, you know, she told me about it and I was like, I got to look at what you've done because you've done so many things, including soundtracks, which I absolutely love. I feel like it always tells a story and helps it out. What makes you want to work with an artist or with a movie? What's the thing that pushes you to actually do it with them and choose that project? You know, it's interesting because we actually just met an artist earlier today and we talked about this. Uh, so pre-COVID, I was just taking on anything that came. My manager would say, so-and-so wants to work with you and you got to do it and blah, blah, blah. And I, I did I did as much as I could. Post-COVID, you know, I'm just more selective with, with the things that I'm doing. Now that I have a restaurant and other things going on the side, I'm being very selective. So how I pick the acts is it's going to sound really weird or maybe different uh, or not obvious, but... I work based on relationships uh, and relationships that I built over the years. Because if the president of RCA, Peter Edge, that I've known forever since early Alicia Keys days, I trust his taste so much that he can call me and say, I have a new artist. Her name is blah, blah, blah. Can you work with her? Without even listening to it, I will jump on it. You know, So I work based on whoever taste I really, really trust. If you're a president of a company, your taste is probably good, you know, 
But if I get someone that that I don't know or I never met or is a three degrees of separation, then at that point I listen to the songs, listen to the artist, and if I have some connection with them, I'll ex- explore it more. I'll meet the artist. I'll meet the producer. And if we get past that, then I'll work on it. But that doesn't happen as often, just because thankfully I, you know, I got a lot of friends <laughs> that uh, that I've been working with for a while. And uh, today was a perfect example that I didn't know. Very big artist used to be in a group, and uh, a manager that I know has managed a lot of amazing artists called me and said, "Hey, can you meet him and listen to his music?" And I loved it. I would have never, ever, ever imagined that I would like that. So that's kind of how I do it, you know, based on relationships. Um, I just have to say I loved the Paramore album. I'm sorry, I have to fangirl a little bit. Yes. The new Paramore album was amazing. You know, that that is one of my favorite albums that I've ever worked on, actually. So, so you, you got good taste because that honestly is one of my favorite albums. And uh, I think it's, man, I think it's a masterpiece. I listen to it all the time by the way and i work on a lot of music that paramore album for some reason oh my gosh just it's such a well executed album congrats to them because they're really really nice people too. well anna thank you for coming to join us and now you have a new friend in yeah. la manny you have a new friend here in australia thank you for having me manny you have been so awesome thank you for giving us your time today um can you let me know where can our listeners find you what's the best place for them to follow the journey see what you're doing and of course stay in touch with everything happening at verse man a good way to uh stay in touch is my website i i constantly update it on cool new things that i'm working on there's a couple of playlists on spotify also if you you know go in there uh because you'd be surprised i know we mentioned some big names and, and all amazing, but there's a lot of stuff in my discography that you may not necessarily recognize, but I'm equally as proud of some of that stuff. So, um, yeah, if you want to listen to more stuff, you know, that I worked on, I think those places would be a good, uh, place to start. On that, I'm going to have you send me a couple of the playlists that you recommend and I'll post that with this episode. So it's there attached, easy for everyone to find. You can definitely do that. Thank you for being here, Manny. And thank you to our listeners. I know that your time is your most valuable asset. And I so appreciate you sharing that with us today. If you'd like to join me on a future episode, go online to michellejreeves.com. Submit your question for an upcoming podcast. One person will be chosen to join me and you'll be able to ask your question directly to our special guest, just like Anna did with Manny today. You can follow me at Michelle J. Reeves on Instagram and Twitter. Have a great week. Look out for the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Bye.